This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. Ah, now, all right, so now we're back to the addressees of the letter. So this riff in between the I desire to come and preach the gospel first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles, then you've got this riff on the path of degradation, okay? And now you come back to an address you. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, the, the, this riff in the middle was sort of third person. He's not really accusing any of those folks of doing any of that stuff. But now he's back to the second person, you. All right, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. So now he is talking to the people who are reading his letter who are judging. Okay? And remember now you've got to take this in the context of the three groups that I talked about. And I'm suggesting that each one of those three groups is judging the other one. Judging the other two. Okay? For in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who do such things. Do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who do such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Woo! Hallelujah. All right. So what he's saying here is this, this is basically a variation on the speck in the moat, or the beam in the moat, you know, you don't, don't go looking at the speck in your brother's eye while you got a plank in your own. Variation on that theme, okay? So what he's saying is it's real obvious to you what the faults are of the other two groups. What is not at all obvious to you is your own faults. And of course, when the other two groups point out your faults, you cross your arms and stump, you know, put your foot down and say, not me, okay? So what he's talking about here is the same thing that Yeshua was talking about when he was talking about the, the beam and the moat. Then he says, you know, we know, that the judgment of God falls on those who do such things. So we know that all of the folks that you are judging who are doing those things have got the, or got the righteousness of God hanging over their head, right? Oh, by the way, so do you. However, it's obvious to me that what you are doing is you are saying something on the order of, well, God knows my heart. Ever heard that? So what you're saying is you are counting on the forbearance of God for you, but you are not willing to extend the forbearance of God to those other groups. Okay? Did you understand what's being said here? Um, do you, verse 3, Do you suppose, O man, that you who judge those who do such things and that yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? 
In other words, what makes you think that if you can judge them and see their faults and they can see yours, that your faults are somehow going to be overlooked? Do you presume on the innocent, to presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? In other words, you are presuming on the character of God in doing judgment in an unrighteous manner. Does that so made sense to everybody? Not knowing that God's kindness is meant to, in other words, God's kindness is not to excuse you when you exercise unrighteous judgment. God's kindness is to lead you to him. So you are using the kindness and forbearance of God for a purpose that it is not designed to achieve. Yes. The comment was that God showers grace on the world because he wants people to come to him. And that's why he does it. And what's happening here among the people who are judging is they are recognizing that God forbears. And so they are taking advantage of that forbearance to justify their own sins while they condemn the sins of others. So they are using the forbearance of God in an inappropriate way. Uh, yes? Good. The example I gave up front, and I don't know if this is right, it's just an example, is those people who have the Holy Spirit may be condemning Torah-observant Jews for legalism. Torah-observant Jews might be condemning those who have the Holy Spirit for lawlessness. You see what I'm saying? In other words... Yeah. It may not have been here at the beginning, though, where he talked about the fact that... Yeah, I wasn't here, but I, I picked up on it since. That there are three different groups in the synagogues. The Jewish Jews, the Messianic Jews, and the Messianic Christians all of whom these letters addressing at the same time. Right. So all yeah, you got these three groups. And just as in the church today, the Orthodox don't talk to the Messianics, the Christians don't talk to the Messianics, and the Messianics talk only to God. Right? I think so. <laughs> but, what you, but what you have is the same tensions among those groups that you have now today. And what they do is they wind up pointing fingers at each other. So if you were to go to a good Pentecostal picnic and turn down the ham salad, you would be accused of legalism. And you're trying to put me under the law. What do you mean doing those dietary restrictions? You don't you know that Yeshua, Jesus, did away with all that stuff 2,000 years ago and nailed it to the cross. You're trying to bring me back under the law. Right? You go into a synagogue and what are you doing here, bacon breath? Don't, don't you understand the law of God? Don't you understand the Torah? Don't you understand that you've got to do all the mitzvahs and you're not doing any of those things? So what I'm suggesting to you, and, and, and he'll talk about you know, robbery and so forth later on, but what I'm saying is that the, the, the person here started off second person talking to you, then you had this riff on this list on the path of de degradation, if you will, and now he's back talking to you. He is not specifically accusing anybody there of any of the list of things that was mentioned above. The problem that he's dealing with in the synagogue is disharmony and pride.
Okay? In other words, each group has got a measure of pride in where they are with relationship to God. And they are looking down on the other two groups. And that is a source of strife and bickering within the synagogue. Now, they may also be doing other things, but I don't think he's accusing everybody in that synagogue of being murderers and adulterers and all that kind of stuff. Am I saying this will make sense? Um, and one of the things that he will do is he will exhort both the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers to humility. And he will exhort them in different ways. Remember the passage later on in Romans where he says, hey, bucko, if God cut off the natural branches off the olive tree so you could be grafted in, what makes you think he can't cut you off too? Okay. So again, what I'm suggesting is the, as a framework for the letter is he's trying to make a trip to Rome and he does not want to find the atmosphere so polluted there when he gets there that nobody will listen to him. And so I, I'm suggesting to you that that's the context in which the letter is being written. Because this comes up all the time whenever you say anything negative about somebody. Oh, you're not supposed to judge. You know, that's, you got to get this clear because mm -hmm. that's what the homosexual Christians are saying. Hey, you can't judge me. You, you've done sexual sin yourself. Yeah, and the, and the, and the question is hypocrisy. In other words, are you engaged in the same kind of sin you're condemning? And we're coming to a wrapping up point here. So let, we'll pick it up. Uh, we may actually pick it up at the beginning of chapter 2 next time. Uh, but we have gone through uh, the first four verses of that. But we'll probably pick it up and get a run at it. Would somebody like closing prayer?